Count them in hundreds this year, not thousands for the days leading up to Easter Sunday in Jerusalem. This year, the Christian celebration of Christ's resurrection coincides with the Jewish lunar calendar and the festival known as Passover. It is a contrast to last Easter without people. Doors to ancient churches closed. A few days ago, hundreds of worshipers marched in procession down the Mount of Olives, down an ancient trail, following Jesus' traditional route from 2,000 years ago up into the Holy City. Christian pilgrims always sing making this journey, but this year the singing was muffled as pilgrims wore masks. As Israel celebrates being the most vaccinated country in the world, the latest election leaves the nation in turmoil. No solid outcome yet to be decided on the election. Again, it was too close to call. But this Resurrection Sunday will ring forth, even for smaller numbers. When the sun rises on Sunday, the bells will toll in unison, proclaiming Christ arose. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And it's the first day of December and Christmas is coming quickly. No, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. That was a little April Fool's Day joke that my producer thought would bring a smile to your face. But can you believe it? It's April 1st, and a major holiday is coming quickly this weekend. Some call it Easter, others Resurrection Sunday. But all week we are in this series called The Journey to the Cross, looking at that great journey that Jesus took to bring salvation to the world. And on that journey, he stopped to share a final moment with his followers, a final last supper, a last song, a last prayer. Stay with me, and let's meditate on that final gathering there in the upper room. But first, I'm curious if you were like me and always enjoyed it when Ben-Hur came on television around Easter time. There was something epic about that movie I loved as a child. But it was only as an adult that I realized why I enjoyed it, because it wove the biblical story of Jesus around a fictional character who was changed by Christ. And I think that's why I enjoy the newer feature film called Risen. It's historical fiction in the tradition of Ben-Hur, and it weaves the real biblical events of Christ's death and resurrection with a Roman soldier who was searching for the truth regarding this great event. I served the Roman Empire. I fought wars against those who did not believe in our gods. But nothing could prepare me for the truth that has now risen. He was very special. They're fanatics. What was his name? He was called Yeshua. The man's dead. His followers are in hiding. He's been a threat. Take control out there and finish things. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. If this body vanishes, we have a potential messiah. Where has he gone? You tell me. You will track down the corpse of Yeshua. He's right here. 
Open your heart and see. Joseph Fiennes plays the Roman officer who searched for the body of Christ. Little did he know that his investigation would change his life forever. And even though this film has a PG-13 rating for a couple of realistic war sequences, I believe this movie will capture your imagination, as well as encourage you to look to the risen Christ. So would you contact us after the program? Would you make a gift to the ministry? We're listener-supported, but ask for your copy of The Risen DVD. Our number to call in a few minutes is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go visit us at haventoday.org. You can watch some of the movie there. And our website, again, is haventoday.org. And now we open the program with another song related to the resurrection by Andrew Peterson. As we gather around this table, we remember and proclaim Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. There's nothing to fear and everything to gain And so we gather here to remember To remember and proclaim Every footstep tells the story As the people join the feast Blood and body Broken for you and me One step and we remember The other we proclaim His death until he comes Oh, he's coming back He's coming back again And every time We break the bread We drink the wine I can hear the song In my heart, in my head And I sing along We remember We proclaim His death until He comes again We remember We proclaim Christ has died, Christ has risen Christ will come again
song to sing around the Lord's table, a song of communion with our Lord. Remember and proclaim that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Amen to that. Andrew Peterson from his Resurrection Letters 1 that we still have for your gift to the ministry. You can ask about it when you call or listen to more songs. They're on our website, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. We're in a program series this week called The Journey to the Cross. It's been called Monday Thursday, a day to reflect on Christ's final days before his crucifixion and resurrection. Judas Iscariot had gone out into the night to betray his Lord. He had 30 pieces of silver coming his way if he could lead Christ's enemies to him so they could make an arrest and lead to the trial that would end in his death. The high priest that year, Annas, had already laid out the plan. One man would die for the nation. In order to maintain their political influence in Israel and Rome, Jesus would be that one man to die. Judas was willing to help. But before Jesus and his disciples took that less than a one-mile walk from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, they shared one final meal. They even sang a psalm. The Last Supper recalls Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting. Jesus in the middle, with his disciples on either side looking intently at him, hanging on to his every word, The historical details of that supper did not include a long table with medieval chairs like da Vinci imagined, but for sure, the disciples were hanging on to Christ's words. He was about to be arrested and crucified. He was the only one that knew that, but they were still unsure. All they knew, that he was their leader, and he hadn't led them astray. Judas had gone out, and Jesus began presiding over the meal. He told his disciples, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. The suffering of Jesus is what this meal was all about. The Passover was always about Christ. The people of Israel, before they were liberated from Egypt, were given the instructions. A spotless lamb, taken at twilight, roasted over the open flames with bitter herbs and paired with unyeasted bread. The blood of the lamb was painted on the doorsteps, because when the Lord visited Egypt that night, he would take the firstborn of every household. The blood was a sign for him to pass over. The family was covered with the blood of the Lamb. And then, thousands of years later, Jesus, there presiding over this meal with his disciples, but instead of pointing backward to what the Lord had done in Egypt— Jesus did something else. He took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. At that very moment, Jesus was sending a message to his disciples. He was telling them that he was the Lamb. It was his body that was going to be broken for them. It was his blood that was going to cover them so the Lord's wrath would pass over them. There in that upper room with his friends, Jesus showed them who he was. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
It was almost time to walk that nearly one mile or so to the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus would be arrested and his long march to the cross would begin. But before they left, we're told they sang a psalm. The Jewish tradition is to sing part of Psalm 118 on that final night of the Passover. So when Matthew and Mark tell us that Jesus and his disciples sang before they left, they're telling us that Jesus sang from Psalm 118. It's a very long psalm. In fact, it's the longest of all psalms. But Jesus can be seen through it all. Give thanks to the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is with me. He is my helper, and I look in triumph on my enemies. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. That's what Jesus and his disciples were singing just before his arrest. Did you hear Holy Week in this psalm? Jesus entered in through the gates of Jerusalem to songs of praise coming out of Psalm 118, but ultimately he was rejected. And on that Thursday night into Friday morning, the Lord did this. Jesus became the cornerstone of our salvation. Just like the psalmist, just like the disciples, we can rejoice today and be glad. But to become the cornerstone, Jesus had to be rejected. And that means arrested and killed. So he got up, went down the stairs, and stepped out into the streets of ancient Jerusalem on that night. Our best guess is that the upper room was in the southern side of old Jerusalem, the upper city. The Garden of Gethsemane was less than a mile away to the northeast, across the city. Jesus would have passed by the temple, the place of God's presence and the place of sacrifice. He would pass by Herod's palace and the home of Annas the high priest, two places where only hours later he would experience the injustice and the hatred of his own people. But he was resolute. Instead of disappearing into the night, he went with his disciples there into that garden, one last evening of solitude with his father before being taken, one last night of prayer with his friends before being betrayed and abandoned. As you come into the garden on the Mount of Olives, out of the Kidron Valley, you can turn around and you can see the ancient city, even still today. But on that night, but on that night, with over a million Jews celebrating the Passover and Exodus from Egypt, Jerusalem was glowing with the light of thousands of homes and pilgrims with candles lit, each burning a flame to prepare and eat a meal. Jesus looking over his city one last time, preparing himself to be the Passover lamb. He was praying, Father, if you are willing, Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew what was coming. The arrest, the mistreatment, the mocking, 
the flogging, the false accusations. He knew the crucifixion was on the horizon. And more than that, he knew the weight of our sin was going to be placed upon his shoulders. That weight was already tearing him apart, sweating like great drops of blood, deeply distressed. He was preparing himself to literally go through hell for us. His enemies were all around, led to him by Judas Iscariot. They were closing in. His moment was coming. Good Friday was on its way. I think of a movie with the moon shining, shimmering off the swords and shields of the soldiers, but the fire in Christ's eyes burned brighter. Monday, Thursday, the Last Supper, the Garden, all of it preparation for what was to come, the arrest, the abandonment by his friends, the trial, the crucifixion, Jesus taken back the way he came, past the gates, past the temple, into a room, less than a mile, but this time he would stand before the people, and then Pilate, and then Herod, then Pilate, mistreated, abused, and scorned at every stop. But Christ never gave in. This is why he came, to endure and to die in our place. He is the Lamb of God, our Passover. He takes away our sins. But in all of this, we must not forget the most important thing. Good Friday was never meant to be the end. Through death, Jesus on Sunday would rise to new life. Jesus saw the glorious victory over sin in his resurrection, and he was willing to endure the cross to get there. For us who believe in him, this means death does not have the final word in our lives either. If we are in Christ by faith, we have our victory in his. We know that no matter what happens in this lifetime, he is always good. Easter is coming, and it tells us the Easter that will happen in our own hearts as we come to him day by day, trusting that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his eternal and mighty purpose. Do you remember how Mary was grieving? How you wept and she fell at your feet? If it's true that you know what I'm feeling, could it be that you're weeping with me? Arise, O oh Lord, and save me. There's no Surrounds us, but we don't have eyes. 
one of Andrew Peterson's friends died, giving birth to a child. And one of Andrew's children heard the husband saying, He is always good. Always good. Only those who have a resurrection hope in Jesus can say things like that. A wonderful song, always good, from the Resurrection Letters prologue that is in the deluxe edition of this album that we have for your gift to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Just before we go, I'd like you to hear a little more about the feature film that we are offering this week called Risen. It's a feature-length movie showing the events of Christ's resurrection from a very unique perspective. A Roman soldier who was skeptical but trying to find the truth. Risen's told not from necessarily a a gospel-centric. This takes a different view. This is through the eyes of a non-believing Roman military leader. The Nazarene city'd rise again after three days. We will lose peace and order if it's true. Will the people believe it? The weak will. There will be no other gods. Kill him. Where most films about the life of Christ end at the crucifixion, Risen really begins at the crucifixion. The military leaders and the religious leaders of the day woke up that morning and the body of Jesus was missing. It was a mystery to them, and it unleashed a manhunt because they were fearful of what a resurrection would mean, that it would mean that this was a Messiah, that it would cause unrest in Rome and unrest in Jerusalem and unrest throughout Judea. And so we really kind of reveled in and lived in the thrill of the journey of these characters looking for this body of Jesus, looking to prove that this resurrection was a fake. So it was important for us as we were going through the process on Risen, starting from the script stage through production, was to involve pastors and leaders and people that I've known and worked with and trusted for 25 years to really make sure that, while I would never say Risen is a biblically-based story, I would say it's scripturally harmonious, that the elements of the story where it touches scripture are true to scripture. You know, we're looking for people to be impacted in a positive way, and I think people come out the other end after watching it changed. You know, as the scripture shows what Jesus did and said, what 
what did the people around him think, and, and what were the what were the ramifications of, of what we saw after you know after the fact? I think with Risen we get to explore that, have fun with it in a way that is. I think edifying and encouraging and uplifting. That was a few of the producers who helped bring the epic film Risen to life. It's a realistic but gritty story that portrays the harsh realities of the first century. But when you watch it, you'll be reminded that Jesus really did rise from the dead. I believe this is a worthy film that will be an encouragement to you, which is why I'm excited to recommend it and share Risen on DVD with our thanks for your support of the ministry. You can make your gift right now. You just need to call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, haventoday.org, where you can watch some excerpts from the movie. And that website again is haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, Good Friday, when again we'll share together the great story, the resurrection coming. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. One of the most sobering descriptions of death is found in Isaiah 53, 8, to be cut off from the land of the living. In fact, that's how Isaiah describes Christ himself. In other words, Jesus died on the cross. We hear it so often that we might forget how radical a statement that is. The eternal Son of God came down to our world and died. He is the author of life, but he was cut off from the land of the living. His death transforms what it means to die. For Christians, death is being cut off from the land of the living here on earth, true. But in Christ, death becomes our doorway into the true land of the living. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.